it's been a couple weeks since we've done our live stream gathering, but we're here in our home in Barnardville. It was a way sunnier this morning. It was, oh, it's it was nice. like so warm. I just thought, man, oh man, uh, I hope everybody's getting out and enjoying themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, just a quick reminder that if you've joined us and you're on live, you can uh, write your questions and comments there on Facebook live chat. Uh, if you're on YouTube and you're wanting to push out some um, some information to us directly, you can actually text us if you've got our phone number. You can, you can, <laughs> you can do that. I'm not giving my phone number away online, but if you've got it, access to it, text us, right? Yeah. Well, don't text me because my phone me. is being used up there. Yeah, Deb's phone is being used to, to uh, fill us in here. So how are you doing, honey? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Deb's here. She is. She's being really courageous. <laughs> we got a big box of Kleenex here <laughs> for her. Uh, um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a couple weeks almost now. Hey, um, she ended up waking up with this crazy pinched nerve in your oh, it's terrible in your back. And uh, the fact that she's sitting here with me is like this is the most action we've gotten out of you in a couple of weeks. And yeah. she said to me, you know, this morning, bravely, you said, I'm going to try and come on with you today. And so here you are. But she says, hurry up. Don't take a long time. <laughs> just get through this. Thing. <laughs> just, just, just get through this <laughs> and do this message. Anyways, we, we want to thank you for joining us to see Barb, Deb. <laughs> it's good to see you there, Vancouver. Um, yeah, it's, it's neat to spend some time with you here today. And uh, listen, today we, we wanted to just commit ourselves to the, uh, to the important aspect of, of discipleship that transforms. You know, we, we did a whole series on just discipleship that transforms. I'm kind of feeling like that's going to be a bit of a, a title that we use for a lot of things, right? Yeah. You know, being Christ followers. Um, but more, more importantly and more specifically, I want to land uh, today on the on the powerful effects that prayer has on those that we pray for. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're all praying for death. <laughs> uh, keep praying. <laughs> keep praying. And, uh, and praying. But, but more than that, like, you know, when we pray for people, it has a powerful effect on us. Yes, it has a powerful effect on those people that we're praying for. But, you know, as, we, as we've, we've labeled and we've titled today's um, talk, uh, praying for you is changing me. And I, I loved how that kind of played off. Um, but there's so much truth to that, so much packed in there that is really quite deep and yet quite simple. Yeah, know? I think of um, uh, recently praying for someone and just for us, we prayed for them. Yeah. But to hear a week later that... that Wow, what just connecting and talking and praying has made something shifted in them. It's just like oh, radically changed. So for life, us, right? it's just like a leap of faith. It was just like it was good. Yeah, we're talking about the same situation, aren't we? I don't know. I don't know. Are we talking about our neighbor? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, that was another time. <laughs> man, oh man, we've got some. You know what? Like, get a moment to pray. Like, yeah. it, it changes people's lives and it changes us. And um, even. Praying, yes, but talking, listening, makes a big difference, too. Uh, Barb says you're courageous, Deb. <laughs> <laughs> she is courageous. Or stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Any, any woman that's given birth to one child and then comes out thinking they want to have another one, I think that's courageous. <laughs> so, I don't know. Women, you got it up on us, men. And uh, it's like a high five, and we give it to you. That's for sure. <laughs> But listen, there's absolutely no doubt, and we've talked about it before, that our first encounter with Jesus was nothing short of miraculous. Yeah. Yeah, right? You know that? Coming to Christ. Multiplied times, Debbie, you and I, we've, we've shared. Uh, we can point back to one very special day in our premarital counseling sessions uh, while sitting in the minister's office over 39 years ago. In that day, we opened the door of our hearts to Jesus. And we invite him, him into our lives. I, I remember praying that prayer. And you know, the funny, I just thinking of it now, yeah. we did that. You felt immediate something. Yeah. I just went on, I guess, I never felt anything. Yeah, but that's faith, right? Yeah. You know, 
That's so, uh, yeah. the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. You were already exercising faith in that moment. Yeah, and I didn't even know it. There you go. Yeah, a woman of faith. That invitation marked our first real heart-to-heart encounter. Mm-hmm. with the living God and his Holy Spirit. You know, you got to know, like, nobody comes to the Lord unless the Spirit is drawing them. So the Spirit of God was active. He was at work. Yeah. But that, you know, that sort of that outward manifestation that, that we often talk about, yeah, it, it, it manifests differently for all of us and in different circumstances and different situations. Yeah. You know, I can, I can remember being at some... Um, you know, charismatic renewal meetings when, when uh, you know, in a season where we saw God pouring out his power and his spirit with tremendous effect on people. And I remember sitting there standing amongst a group of people just being acting as the guy that was, you know, making sure that everybody was okay while they were being prayed for. And the entire group around me being affected by the spirit of the Lord and left standing looking around <laughs> everything that was going on going, what is up with that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, you know, listen, that was a divinely orchestrated event. Uh, and that, that prayer to him, it was, uh, it was sealed, sealed with his Holy Spirit, right? Uh, he left his indelible mark in our lives. And, um, yeah, do, do, do you all know what indelible actually even means? It, it means it, he left a mark that can't be removed, Right. It's kind of like a calf mark on your butt. <laughs> calf mark on your butt. What's that thing we, called? Branding. You got branded by, <laughs> by the Holy Spirit. Well, I did feel, it did, fortunately, didn't feel that painful. It was actually quite remarkable. But yeah, he, there, there was a mark that, that Jesus left in us, that the Holy Spirit surplanted in us. Jesus, as we have often shared, has been pursuing us both for a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And will pursue us till we yeah. are with him. Yeah, good, good point. And he continues to pursue us. Yeah. And that's so true. Hold on to that. But he was pursuing us long before we were too small to even know better. Yeah. You know, there is that, you know, there is that divine sense when we say yes to Jesus, when it's like, okay, I give up, I surrender. I mean, that's kind of how I felt about it. I just knew it was time. I had just been putting this off for way too long. And I could hardly wait for the invitation to be given to us. But see, you know, that, that whole encounter, that's not where the story ends, is it? No. no. In, in fact, it, it, it might be where the opening chapter of our life, of that life sort of closes and then opens again. But it's just where the real journey of living, I believe, begins, where, where we really become fully alive. Did you know that when we pray for others, and more specifically, when we pray for those ones, that we can positively identify as somebody that we are living in conflict with, <laughs> alive or dead, uh, you know, we can still carry that sure stuff can. around. Yeah. But when we pray for those ones, as someone uh, we might even identify as an enemy, uh, did you know that we are fulfilling one of the key mandates of Jesus' greatest commandments? Hmm. Hey? And that is that we would love our neighbor. Yeah. You know, first of all, you have to make the connection of even the even the possibility that your enemy is your neighbor. I, I don't mean literally. <laughs> I'm speaking be. figuratively. It could be literally. <laughs> but in Jesus' famous sermon on the mountainside, we find one of his longest uh, continuous discourses in the New Testament. Like if you want to know what Jesus' life what his manifesto is for his life, what he truly believes about this world that we live in, and what he is committed to living out in his life and even dying for, then this is where you're going to find it. And you're going to, Matthew outlays it in, in chapters 5, 6, and 7. It's, a, it's, it's like the discipleship manual. If you want to find out what Jesus is all about, then, man, I, 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 I implore you to open it up and, and, and pour yourself, pour your attention into it. 
to the crowds following him, Jesus speaks about a love for people that is without limit. Mm. You, can, you, can, you can overshadow everything that you're reading about, and hopefully you're going to come to that conclusion. It is a crazy kind of love. And in chapter 5, verse 38, Jesus sets the stage for a dramatic reset. There's a word. This is our reset word. It's my word these days, reset. <laughs> He's, it's his dramatic reset of many things that God's people have believed up to that point in time. He's about to mess with their theology and their faith and the things that they're hoping and waiting for and how they see the world. And here in Matthew 5, 38 through 42, I'm just touching on a few things and then I'm going to get you to, I'm going to get you to read that, that, the scarlet <laughs> scripture for, for today's lesson. He says, you've heard it said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, don't use violence to resist evil. When someone hits you on the right cheek, turn the other toward him. And then he says again, when someone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let them have your cloak. And when someone forces you to go one mile, go a second with them. I mean, these are the kinds of things that he's saying to the people. And then in our primary scripture for today's session, we read out of Matthew 5, uh, verses just 43 uh, to 45. Deb, do you want to read that? Sure. Uh, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Wow, listen to that. So that you may be, what? Children of your Father in heaven. That is, hmm. man, there is a lot packed in there, isn't there? Yeah. How about you guys? Is that like your, your favorite verse? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I mean, it, it just says so much. You know, what are some things that, that Israel and, and all of us should already know about God in, in, in terms of what Jesus says here? We're finding out, you know, through this, this section of his teaching is, is that God doesn't have any favorites. Oops. Oh, really? Yeah, you know. <laughs> God, for God so loved the world, you know, that not all the systems and not all the craziness, but the people of the world, you know, his, his intended purposes for the world and, and for all of us who are sojourners here. For God so loved the world, God doesn't have any favorites. You know, you might as well, how about you print that out, make it bold and plaster it to your refrigerator. <laughs> Maybe you feel like his favorite. I often think of John. <laughs> oh, we're all his favorites. How's well, that? well, I love what John says, the disciple that Jesus loved. That's how he referred to himself. What, Jesus, he didn't love the other disciples? No, John was just really certain that God loved him. I kind of love that. But, you know, but... But put that on your refrigerator. Put that on your mind. Think about that thought. God doesn't have any favorite. He loves everyone, even those who spitefully work against him. Mm. Wow. And he implores us to do the very same. Oh, you know, where am I getting this from? How am I coming to that conclusion? I don't know. Because he says it, doesn't okay, he? I was going to say in the Bible. In the Bible. <laughs> says it right there. Jesus says it in his mandate. And even more importantly, important when we are obedient to pray for those who we are in conflict with, I believe that we are inviting a great visitation and work of God's transformative power. Let me say that again. When we are obedient to pray for those who we are in conflict with, we are inviting a great visitation and work of God himself, of his transformative yep. power. Now think of the world that we're in right now. Is there just a little bit of conflict in the world right now? A little bit. <laughs> it is everywhere. Uh, what, if, what if God's idea is, let's try something. Why, why don't you love them by, and let's begin by praying for them. 
How about we start there? Not only in the, in the lives of people that we're praying for, but we are opening, a, I believe, a pathway of his transformative and life-freeing work in us and flowing through us. It changes us when we pray for people that we are living in conflict to. Well, I think God shifts our heart, how we might see them at first, and as we pray for them, God actually gives us a heart for them too. Yeah, that's exactly right. He gives us his heart for them. And, it, and that's a, isn't that a crazy exchange? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's the kind of exchange. That's what we need. That's, <laughs> we need his heart. In other words, well, that's the new heart he's given us, right? He's taken yeah. out the heart of stone and he's giving us a heart of flesh. Yeah. You know, there is a, a, a transformative work of the Holy Spirit. I, I believe that as his children, we're both blessed, and I'm going to use this word, and burdened to bear Christ's incarnate presence. We're to, we're to be incarnate with people. We're to be present with people. Mm. But... But not just us, but there is something of Christ's nature that we are incarnating here on the, in the world and specifically in this time of history. Do you ever find yourself kind of wondering, oh man, I should have been born in this era? Like, well, No. No. <laughs> Except no. for I do like the old-fashioned dresses I used to wear. Yeah. Oh, really? You like that stuff? Yeah, I do. All the frilly stuff. Yeah. With the big bell skirts and all that. You'd like that? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, there you go. But listen, you were made for this precise time in history, and you were made to bear Christ's image in this time. In Matthew chapter 11, Verse 30, uh, in that particular chapter, it, Jesus is, is looking out over the crowds and, and he's having compassion for them because he sees that they're helpless and without a shepherd. And he's calling them all to him, all you that are weak and heavy laden. But listen to what he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. He says, my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus is giving us all a burden to carry. But a light one. But a light one. Now, I, I had to flip open my, my Greek translation on this because I was kind of looking at this. What is burden? Like, what, what is that? The, the actual, the actual uh, uh, word for that is it's like pronounced fortion. It's, it's, it's a burden that must be carried, get this, by the individual. Hmm. Right? It's something that is personal, and it's not transferable. It can't be given to somebody else. It's the burden that we all have to carry. And now, now listen to what the Greek does here. He says, it, almost better translated, it could read, the burden of me is light. In, a, in essence, the burden that we're being asked to carry is Christ. You know, we, we might think it's suffering, but if it's suffering, we're sharing it with Christ. Well, and that's what he wants us to do too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, we could be thinking that it's, it's a burden that we've got to take from point A to point B and then drop it off and loosen it up. But Jesus is saying, look, I want you, I'm your burden. Put me on, carry me. Ultimately, the glory and the burden that we carry in this world is Christ's spirit in us. How about that? Hmm. Have you ever thought of it like that? No. No. Maybe, you know, have I made something up here? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think so. Listen, he wants us to carry his spirit in us and Christ's spirit resting on us. It's both in us and on us. It's on us. Well, he lives in us, too, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, too. Right? Mm. There's a, there is this sense to, to speak good news, release to the captives. Like this, you know, that's that, that's, that, that's that prophetic call again that Jesus aspired to. He rolled out Isaiah's prophecy, right? And he spoke about the spirit and the burden of the Lord that it was on him to see the captives set free. 
Well, that same spirit rests on us. And I, and I want to, you know, I want to say that, you know, all of this focus is coming back to Christ. Christ is our truest destiny and calling. He is. You know? I just feel this. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Christ in you. It's Christ on you. Christ is our truest destiny and calling. He's the burden that we have to carry. Heaven rests on us and is, and is deposited in the Father's children, right? And where am I pulling that? I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to go back up here. He says, I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. That's, hmm. that's where our life comes from. That's where our burden comes from. It is is the burden of our Father in heaven, and it's His image that we bear in this world. And Jesus, I believe He's saying out of this when He's calling us to love our enemies, He says that one of our greatest acts of love really begins with prayer. Mm. It begins right there. Just this past week, we wrapped up a discipleship course with a dozen members of our church. The course is called Emotional Healthy Relationships. You've probably heard us say that more than a few times. It's actually rolling off my tongue a little easier now. It doesn't, it doesn't sound so weird. But in those eight weeks, we committed ourselves as best we could to daily prayer, to an exercise time of stillness and silence. We carved out time in our individual schedules, yeah. right? Yeah. To be still before the Lord to be silent, and to focus our attention on Jesus. We devoted ourselves to reading His Word, and then to certain wisdom shared by a collective of faithful followers of Jesus that are alive today and have gone on to be with Him, right? In Thursday's session, we reflected on some of the more impactful exercises that had us rethinking uh, our relationship to our friends and more specifically with those people who we find ourselves or might find ourselves in conflict with. <laughs> I was, I'm going to say I was schooled. You, know, you had to step back from that meeting because you weren't feeling totally I was totally lying in bed. So, I, you know, I mean this in the best of way, guys, if you're some of the group that were <laughs> part of this. Hi, Jen. It's good to see you. Hey, and good news about Paul. Yeah, that's, there's, there's some more prayer answered. Hey, um, but here, here you go. I'm, I'm going out on the limb. I'm going to say I was schooled and I was encouraged by my team, by that mm. group of people, about the important work of praying for those who we might find ourselves rubbing up against in this world. It's going to happen. Sometimes marriage is like that, huh? No, <laughs> not ours. Not ours, but you know. <laughs> not today, anyhow. Not today. Um, but, but no, seriously, like rubbing up against people in this world. I mean, it's, it, it infers friction. But I was encouraged by the team about the important work of praying for these ones. And I was reminded about the important work of God who changes my heart when I commit myself to praying for my neighbor. Hmm. I see, I've already, I can hardly, the, the word enemy hardly comes out of my, I can't, it's hard for that to roll out of my mouth, that kind of distinction, uh, distinction. But, but neighbor comes out easier for me. But what happens when I commit myself to pray for my neighbor? God is changing my heart. And And today we're, we're, we're speed dialing ourselves, I think, into an important burden. So now when I use the word burden, think of Jesus carrying that speed, the, <laughs> the spirit of Jesus. Today we're speed dialing into an important burden and work of the kingdom that all of us, I believe, are called to bear. In Pete Scazzaro's Emotional and Healthy Relationship Day-by-Day -day Devotional, Pete shares that his church invited a Trappist monk years previous to teach on prayer. And during 
one of their sessions, Friar William Menninger, uh, dealt with the difficult work of keeping our hearts free from bitterness and <laughs> unforgiveness. Hmm. Now, like we may be just thinking that, we're, that we want to get rid of these things in our life, and certainly we want to be free and clear of these things. But, but the fact that bitterness or unforgiveness is living there is an indication, thank God, it's an invitation to us to wake up and see that something's amok and we need to well, see a change. Well, you've got to ask yourself, and why in our own self is that a trigger? Yeah, and why, and why is that a trigger? Well, now that can be quite deep, right? We won't go there today. We're not, we're not going there today. But this Trappist monk who had devoted his life to, to a, like a half a century of prayer anyways at that point in time, shared that the most effective agent we can employ is to pray for those that we find ourselves rubbing up against those that we're at odds with, those that we are in conflict with. And not to call down the fires of destruction on their heads, right? No. No, but to pray God's blessing on them. In Facebook and, and again in our Vineline communication about today's session, we included a link to Friar William's Meniger's prayer. And uh, Deb, I'm thinking you've got a copy of that there. And, I think so. And this is where you can, this is where you can, you can read along with this. So it's a bit of like a, you know, it's a bit contemplative, liturgical, whatever you want to call it. But, but this is an opportunity for us to remind ourselves again about the importance of prayer. And you know what, what the team shared with me that was just so outstanding is, is that is that as they, as they worked through this prayer in their lives, they felt things shifting and changing in them. And maybe mm. not right away. They were aware of, of, of their own heart in their wrestling as they went along. And, you know, I, I love that they had the courage to continue to pray. And, man, oh, man, that, that was such an encouragement to me. So maybe, maybe you want to just read this, this out to people. If you've got a copy of it, um, uh, that you've downloaded. Maybe you want to access it and read it along with Deb when she reads Reads this. it out. Yeah, if we were all together, we, we, we could pray this prayer together. So maybe I'll give sure. it to you. May you be happy. May you be free. May you be loving. May you be loved. May you know... Oh, I'll cry. <laughs> it's good. Oh, man, we're not going to get through this. So here's the deal. Oh, I'll I'm, do it. I can do it. I can so do it. this is a prayer, right? <laughs> and you are praying for the... You know, I want you to imagine in your mind, maybe you got no conflicts with anybody. Yahoo. Isn't that great? So just make one up. You're going to be mad at me. But, but, but yeah, I don't think any of us could feel that stretch. Maybe you're frustrated with the government. Maybe you're frustrated with some political leaders. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe you're frustrated with, literally with your neighbor down the street. I don't know. <laughs> Keeps taking your garbage can and it's really getting on your nerves. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> David. <laughs> but he's messing around with your garbage. But this is a, this is a prayer that, that we are specifically speaking out over the people that we're praying for. So go for it. Go for Try it. Try it again. From the beginning? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Touches my heart. Makes me cry. Good. That's great. Well, that's why we got lots of Kleenex. (laughs) Maybe we should have told people to stock up with Kleenex. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Here we go. Just have patience, people, with me. Oh. Hmm. (laughs) You do it. Really? Yeah. No? You can't do it? Huh. So what's going on? <laughs> I, listen, I want to say something to you. This is actually a really great moment. Uh, I want you to say, I want you to know that God's not in a rush. Right? Ah. He's not. Remember what we said about the good shepherd? He's drawing us. You know, we don't do any of these things alone. But the Holy Spirit is is working with us, right? Uh, he empowers us to pray. Well, it's just, as I say this, <laughs> the first two lines, you go, wow, this is so important for us to get, for us to 
you know, our spirits to go grasp it and get it. Sure. And live it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, amen. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> it's kind of like communion sometimes when I'm serving communion. I'll get like this because it's all of a sudden I feel mm. the heart of the people, that God's heart for the people. Hey, listen, you know, I love that you're chiming in, you guys, and that you're speaking, but you know what? This isn't, this may feel like an exercise, but I, I believe God wants to, he wants to replace the burdens that we're carrying, right? You know, maybe it's malice. Maybe it's, you know, the, maybe it's anger. I mean, these are just, these are manifestations of something um, much deeper, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they may be specific to moments and to particular faces and people. But God's saying, can you give that to me? And I'm, I'm going to give you my burden. Me. I'm going to give you a light burden to carry. Uh, but but give, you, you, there is an exchange going on here, right? Even as we pray specifically for people with situations well, or people in mind. Even as I hold this in my hand, and I'm looking at the first two, sent- first two yeah. sentences, I go... I know people that I want to get this. Okay. So my heart goes. For these ones, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is awesome. This is. I I I think. I just wish I was a prettier crier. (laughs) Then I wouldn't care about crying. You're pretty all the time. (laughs) You're gorgeous. Uh, Here we go. Here we go. See if I can get onto line three this time, you guys. Barb says she's with you, Debbie. <laughs> Thanks, Barb. <laughs> may you be happy. May you be free. May you be loving. May you be loved. May you fall. May you know the fulfillment of what God has planned for you. May you experience God's deep, profound love for you. May Jesus Christ be formed in you. May you know His peace that passes all understanding. May all good things be yours. May Jesus' joy be in you, and may that joy be complete. May you know the Lord in all his goodness and compassion. May may you be protected from the evil one amidst your every temptation that comes your way. May the Holy Spirit fill and permeate your entire being. May you see his glory. May you be forgiven every sin. I forgive you, or I'll try to forgive you, of every wound and hurt with all my heart. May God's goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Amen. May God's goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Hmm. I did it. <laughs> Purged. Ah. Beautiful. So... How did you guys do? Did you did any of you read along with this in that? Did any of you speak aloud to the walls in your <laughs> in your living room or wherever you find yourselves? Um, listen, when we pray prayers like that, our Father in heaven hears those yeah. prayers, and I tell you what, He loves to answer those prayers, right? Yep. The confessed testimony of our EH team of our emotional healthy discipleship team uh, is that praying this prayer has borne fruit in their hearts and in their lives it's 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 not a magic formula you guys it it but it is a it, i believe it's an exercise of love and obedience to the lord it's responding to jesus who's really prayed for us and interceded for us i mean this would be a good thing to put on your fridge And as you feel emotions come up of circumstances, go pray that. See if you can get through it as you're praying for whoever you're praying for. You know, and honey, and and this is something that I want all of you to hear. uh, When, as I have been reading through that, like I've I've gone through this book a couple of times and and before this teaching series that we've rolled out here, and we're going to be doing this series again and we're just going to be doing the mend over end um, but as I as I read over this thing I thought uh, not only 
you know, you mentioned putting it on the fridge. Probably a better thing to put on the fridge. <laughs> our problem is we've got a stainless steel and it's not magnetized. Yeah, don't put it on our fridge because you'll mess up that nice. <laughs> but put it on your fridge. But what, what about putting it on your mirror and praying that prayer to yourself? Yeah. Imagine. Um, you know, I'm probably talking to to a handful of you here who are listening at some point in this message who need to pray this over yourself. You know, the part of the great command is to love your neighbor as, you're, as you, you love, love yourself. yourself. Yeah. Um, see how you do reading this out and, and blessing yourself. You can do that. You can lay hands on yourself and bless yourself. Now listen, uh, you know, what... What people shared from our discipleship team, their experiences is exactly that. It's their testimony. It's it's just that, and and maybe they'll speak specifically to that someday when when there's time and space and you know whatever available to do that. But I, it, their testimonies touched my heart, and mm. uh, but it is that. It's their testimony. All of us, uh, I believe, have some kind of testimony to share in this. Uh, if you've lived in this world, you'll have been offended in some shape or form <laughs> in the way, uh, you know. Um, you know, and you know the crazy thing is that God will will take our wounding and He'll turn it around for good. Yeah. Um, you know the the sorrowful truth I have to confess is that I have at least more than one testimony from my own life that I can put my finger on where I have seen God move dramatically uh, when I've prayed for those who've offended me or when I've been walking for a period of time with an offense. Those are the ones that are really particularly biting and hard. Um, and then you and I got talking and, and I, you know, I think that you have a powerful testimony that you can share. <laughs> around that um, and as we said it doesn't have to be long and no, no. a couple of you that have heard Debbie share this already um, will say yeah you know we'll, we'll say I remember sharing that but it has to do with you and your mom right yeah yeah are you feeling comfortable <laughs> I'm really putting you through the ringer today yeah, huh? yeah. Um, but maybe there's something you could share there with people. I think it's encouraging. <laughs> I, I'm Sorry, sure that guys, we, I'm a crybaby today. I, I'm sure that we can get through this. <laughs> ah. You know, you know what? It, I, I'm going to say something. Just this is for your reprieve. Like you've you've been living with a lot of pain this week. Oh, yeah. And and we're still you're still in a mode of recovery. And I I think that we're you're going to experience just even a level of recovery uh, but I'm going to hope some rest even coming out of our, our shared time today but that stress has been living inside of you too so you know there's there's all kinds of things going on in your body would <laughs> <laughs> you like to share my testimony so, yeah this isn't helping right but I, I just want to encourage you you know it's you're doing awesome you're a champion okay anyhow most of you know that um my, my upbringing wasn't the healthiest, but um, there was a point when um, I was in a prayer session. I think I'll get this story right, because I'm sure Dave will correct me, because my stories change every time I tell it. I'm going to try not to correct you. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, honey. Um, your, da your daughter's on, and she's cheering you on. Hey. <laughs> Uh, anyhow, what was really good is so I was in a prayer session, and um, and I just was forgiving my mom for things that my heart was hurting over. And as I prayed forgiveness and, and released her to God and, and gave her to God, pretty much some of you even that that prayer I prayed just now. Just some of these things, just yeah. blessing your mother, yeah, right? wishing good for her. But anyhow, it was shortly after how? The next day. How about the next day? <laughs> I thought it was that close. It was that close. Anyhow, mom phoned up and, and I hadn't told her or in person talked to her at all about 
my, my prayer time. But mom phoned up the next day and just said, hey, I've received Jesus in my heart. But it was like I carried a whole lot of bitterness towards her and hurt. And I, I gave that to God. And, it was cumulative, and the, right? Yeah, and in the spirit, there was something broken off her because of something I, something I was carrying. And she was in a circumstance where she received Jesus. Yeah, so the, the circumstances are is that you were, you were, yeah, was with the Vineyard Church in Campbell River. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys were working, you were part of a group that was looking at some stuff in your life and past. I don't even, was it an Elijah House ministry session? I can't remember. Could have been something like that. But Debbie actually came home just um, <laughs> kind of looking gutted, <laughs> tearful, but joyful. You know what? Tears are supposed to be good. Because she had, she had had this amazing time uh, where the people came around you and helped you walk through the forgiveness yeah. and to the point of just releasing and blessing your mom. Well, Deb's mom was visited by some <laughs> someone of the faith it, that had some kind of relationship to them. This was when they were living in Revelstoke, right? Yep. And yep. Uh, um, somebody that loved Jesus came and presented Jesus to them that night. The very night what that a Debbie coincidence. Was, what a coincidence, right? The very night that Debbie is praying this prayer for her mom, her mom is receiving Christ in her life. So yeah. amazing. Oh, are you going to cry? Yeah, I'm going to cry. That's awesome. But I mean, <laughs> this is the way that Jesus works. Are we holding back people back from receiving Christ? I'm not going to go there. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you a blessing was released. It was powerful in Debbie's life, and it was powerful in her mom's life. And uh, yeah. You know, it doesn't mean that people come out of it perfect. Your mom no. certainly did not. But the, listen, her her but faith. There was a shift. There was a huge shift in in her person, and your mom had a lifetime of heartache and disappointments yeah. and things in her life, ways of of coping and yeah. and uh, in her life that weren't healthy. And Jesus was going to begin to unravel them. But it didn't keep him from calling her to himself. No. You know, when we come to Christ, we don't, we don't say to him, uh, look, I've got to get some things cleaned up in my life before I come to you. <laughs> and I've had people say that to oh, me. Oh, I, I have had people say you that to me too. Um, Jesus wants you just as you are, um, just as messy as you are. He loves you just as you are, but he loves you so much he's not going to leave you that way. And do you want to walk this alone? Yeah, no. You know, we need to walk with Jesus <laughs> through this stuff. So, you know, like, listen, that is a fantastic story. But it points again and points us back to the importance of us praying for those that we're living in conflict with. Yep. And it's, it's not just for them. And it's not just for you. I, I mean, it is, it is way bigger than that. When, when people... When people discover Jesus in their life, it is it is life transforming for everybody that they're connected with, and for the kingdom of God. It's yeah, and I, I believe that that's what God is doing in this time. You, you, you know, if you know if you if you want any kind of a prophetic kind of take it home out of this message today, what if what if the work that God's calling us to is this again? Is that to carry the burden of Christ and to pray for those that we're living in conflict with. Never have we seen so much conflict. And it's been a part of my regional and personal conversations with our Canadian Vineyard pastors. I've been checking in on national conversations with my connections in my U.S. Vineyard family. I have been the recipient of regional and national pressure groups advocating for the churches to push back on local national government. I've been the guy caught up in the crosshairs of COVID and political conspiracy theorists who are crying foul. And I'm not judging any of this. I'm just saying We've seen political and racial rioting that borders on anarchy, all of which has me pressing deeper to focus my attention on Jesus and to simply follow him. That's where I've got to go. 
Um, that's yeah. where we've all got to go. And I have some concern in a, in a recent conversation uh, from more than one pastoral source, source. It pointed me to something that's happening on, on more local levels, on church levels, where, where there's a deepening divide between longtime friendships and people of faith. And it's because of the issues surrounding conspiracy theories and political posturing and everything that goes with it. Can you imagine that? That the body of Christ is, is, is rubbing up against one another in these times. Like, come on, let's be honest. Haven't we all felt the rub? Hmm. And then, you know, and then there was one pastor who shared that her whole community was experiencing a, a, a traumatizing episode because of the recent hate crimes perpetrated against, against our Asian friends. If ever we needed to be reminded about the message of Jesus to love and to pray for our enemy and even our friends, to those who we are in conflict with, it's now. We, we need to herald this message. Jesus lived out his mission and his message in that he prayed even for his executioners from the cross. Even from the cross, even after they'd driven the nails into him and hoisted him up and were jeering him and casting lots for his clothing, he prayed to the Father. He prayed for their forgiveness to the Father. He said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Imagine that. Imagine us living out and following a Jesus like that. Yeah, it's good. Jesus is inviting us to embrace the same posture of love and prayer for friends and neighbors alike, and especially in these days. And to be praying for our politicians, to be praying for our Bonnie Henrys, but praying. Absolutely. Not, not talking down on them. We may not like everything we see, um, but we're not in their court to even see how they're doing it. We pray for them and yeah. believe that God's going to. Yeah, how many, how many of you want to carry their burden for a mile or two, all right? Oh, thank you. But pray for them. They need our prayers. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Wow. Wow, I made it. <laughs> uh, we made it. And listen, this is a special high five to our Emotional Healthy Discipleship team. Uh, I, like, thank you guys for, you know, just walking this out and living this out with me. And, and yeah. uh yeah, and Debbie for sharing <laughs> sharing that prayer. <laughs> sharing good. sharing your the testimony That's about good. your mom. I mean there's a you know, probably a million different ways we could share that testimony and get yeah. something out of it. But yeah. uh so applicable, so powerful for the things that we are sharing here today. Um, yeah. how about we pray for <laughs> all of you guys? Uh pray with us. Um pray for one another. Listen, if you see somebody that or you're thinking of somebody, somebody's popping in your mind, give them a call. Say, ask them how they're doing. Pray with them. Pray, pray with one another. Carry one another's burdens. Yeah. In, I think in, right now of um, Richard Van Tassel and just his heart to share to everybody he meets. The goodness. The, 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 the goodness. And, and yeah. you know, as he sees them on the street, his workmates, his sure. just, he's just got a heart to just love and share. And I just go, wow, good for you, buddy. Good for you. And it's listen, good. thanks for everything that you're posting online, guys. Thank you for your continued prayers, for healing, for, uh, for us, for Deb. Please keep praying. Jennifer, for Paul, yet. for the continued yeah. healing of the injury that he suffered in his hand. And there's um, for Bruce McLeod that's uh, recovering from surgery. Um, yeah. And Amy for their household. Um, yeah, there's... You know what? There's lots of prayer needs around us. God, God hears our prayers. He listens. We might not get the answers that we want right away, but you know, he's, he's I, always doing something, right? For me, because I, I don't feel like I've had healing. Yeah. But I know I've got dozens of people praying for me. Yeah. And my thought, my my heart always goes. I might not see the physical healing right now, but he's doing something because God hears our prayers. I know he's doing something. 
Yeah, you know, and, and our friend Cheryl and Chase, who who we all know in this community, has yeah. has had some crazy, wonderful touches of, of from the Lord and healing in her body, but has also is in this moment uh, really feeling it physically, right? Yeah. Uh, many things she can't do to help herself, um, but we know that she's praying for you and your physical limitations. And, yeah. and Cheryl, that's that's a beautiful thing. So. Uh, let's finish off by praying. And you do it. Let these, <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> so Jesus, you know, thank you for the grace that you impart to us. Thank you for, uh, Lord Jesus, for your infilling and your and your and your sheltering uh, that comes. And you are a shelter in the storm. But Lord Jesus, you also empower us to to walk and 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 bear your image. Uh, we don't do it alone, but we do it in the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. I invite your Holy Spirit to come uh, to give us just a a realized and new grace uh, for the days that we live in. A grace that that is that is is always forgiving and giving, and is uh, Lord Jesus um, speaking uh, your words into people, speaking life into people. Um, I pray that we would see. Uh, a manifest work of the Holy Spirit when we pray for others, that uh, we would see your healing break out in our communities, in our lives, yeah. in our families. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. It's been a, it's been an awesome time. I have no idea what the time is because I feel like we just got caught up in this one. But um, how many of you are sitting out there with communion cups wondering when we're going to take communion? <laughs> we, were doing it, we were doing it so often. Well, We'll, we'll give you advance notice when we're going to share communion with you. You can take that to the bank. How's that? <laughs> Anyways, we love you guys. Uh, we bless you. And uh, we'll see you again this time next week. Yep. Have a good week. Have a great week. Love you guys. Bye.